Shock Jacques Nick's podcast episode 21. Sean St. Jacques back here with you on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Oh man, big show today. A lot to get to in the week of Nick's. We finally had a 500 week in the Posting and Toasting Podcast landscape from podcast to podcast. The Knicks were two and two, and that's worth popping some very small uh, $2 bottles of champagne and leaving them somewhere in a recycle bin to leave for the rest of the year before something bad happens. And for now, we're celebrating. The Knicks had a good week. They didn't have a great week. They were a couple of possessions away from having a great week. But the Knicks had a good week. I couldn't be happier. You guys should be happy as well. No, it can't be fully happy. Obviously, a 4-0 week is what does that for you. A couple of close calls during the week. But I got to say, two things that I couldn't be happier about at this moment in time. The Knicks have stuck by David Fisdale, at least for the time being. You never know. After you put that out there that you want to you know, put pressure on your head coach and things like that, you never know when the, when the straw is going to break the camel's back. But for right now, David Fisdale is the head coach of the Knicks. The plan is still on track for now. I'm very happy about that because it was a 2-2 two and two week. Picked up a couple of nice W's during this stretch where the Knicks need to win some games. They've been doing that. Listen, a couple of really tough results. They should have beaten uh, Charlotte at home. Really lost a tough game there. Terrible, terrible final play drawn up by David Fisdale. I cannot defend that whatsoever. So if you want to have me on that one, it's one. You can have it. I really don't care. It's one possession. It's one play. And really the only problem was the wrong guy had the ball in his hands at the end. Julius Randle should never be taking that shot. I don't care if it's the first possession of the game or in this case, the last possession of the game. He should never be taking that shot. There's two guys on him. Could have passed, or even with the one guy on him, should have passed it off could have easily found an open shooter that they could have easily drawn something up for somebody else that could have made a shot and said it was a bad bad drawn up play if, especially if Julius Randle was the guy and he was the guy in the end and he makes it he takes a really bad shot and and as you'd expect may, uh, misses a really bad shot and the Knicks lose a game they should have won in my opinion uh, against the Charlotte Hornets that one hurt but the Knicks bounced back extremely well and beat a Cavs team they should have beaten the first time at MSG. They take care of business. I don't think Kevin Love played. That probably helps a little bit. But it was a huge turnaround from that first Cavs game where the Knicks got blitzed at home. They they, they flipped the, the script. They turned the tables. And they get a big win against the Cavs. They played Philly really tough. Really, really tough uh, two nights ago. And could have won that game. Could have won that game. Missed some chances there. Uh, I, I thought overall in that Knicks-Sixers game, I was pretty pleased with the way the Knicks played. Um, they held Embiid relatively in check. 23 points, uh, 12 rebounds, and 5 assists, 2 blocks. He, he did his job, but to be fair, on 19 shots, to hold Embiid to just 23 points gives you a chance to win the game. And that's exactly what happened with the Knicks, however, you know, the Knicks played so well for three quarters, and in the end, it was really that fourth quarter that they let get away, the, the 35-25 quarter in favor of the Sixers, that third quarter was one of the best quarters I've seen from the Knicks this season, uh, a ton of shoutouts are due, Marcus Morris played great, Frank Nilakina is, is trying to shut people like me up right now, he played really well uh, in that game, had 17 points, to be fair, no assists, 
uh, and no steals, but he did have a block and he played a lot better on the offensive end, specifically scoring the ball. He shot just six of eight from the field to get to 17 points, two of four from deep. That's what we're looking for from Frank Nilakina. And listen, here's the deal. The Knicks are stuck with him now. They picked up the option. They have bought in to Frank Nilakina, rightly or wrongly. And, and you know me, I was on the let Nilakina go, or at least try to sign him to just a one-year deal and not pick up the option if you think he's good enough. Give him the season to prove himself. But they've given him the confidence, and he has repaid the Knicks the last couple of nights. He really has. He's starting to do what I've been expecting from Nilakina this season. Again, it's a small sample size, but you can't ignore the last five games or so when Nilakina's played big minutes, it has been inconsistent, but there have been some much better games in there offensively that have been mixed in. More of this will sway me the other way. I, I've been I've said that from the beginning. I'm not fully against Nilakina. I'm just against his development. He has not been that guy that we've expected as quickly, but we're finally seeing the real signs, the consistency that we're looking for from Frank Nilakina. If this if this keeps up, the Knicks are going to look really smart for taking that option back in October. They are. They're going to look really good because the Knicks need a guard like this. They need a guard that can defend and score and assist and grab steals and grab blocks and do it all on both ends of the floor. Nilakina has shown some signs that he can do that, and he's starting to show some signs that he can do that consistently. That's a big win from the past week for the New York Knicks. And we have to at least, it's it's old news now. It's old news now. But shout out to you guys that went to the game against Dallas and booed the bleep out of KP and shoved him in the Mavs right out of the garden with an L over their foreheads and put another L. Two L's already on KP. He can't beat the Knicks. So he had to leave the Knicks. And he still can't beat the Knicks. And it was amazing. That was one of the most prideful moments as a Knicks fan in a long time. Watching him come back to MSG. Didn't matter the crazy shots that Luka Doncic was making. It didn't matter the putback dunk at the end of the third quarter by KP. It didn't matter. The Knicks still won. And you should have seen me when Marcus Morris drilled that dagger three in between Dallas's eyes to put that game away. What a huge win at the time. For the Knicks, they really needed that one. And they've gone on to pick up another nice win this week. Just missed out on two other wins. And it's starting to quickly turn around. I don't know if it's because the players are playing for Fisdale. You know, as far as his job is concerned, they've been playing for him regardless. But we're starting to see that fire that we've been looking for from this team. And, we, you know, 4-11's not great. Don't get me wrong. But we are starting to see the progress we've been looking for with this Nick team. It's not been great. It's not been good at times. It's been really bad for most of this season. But just specifically this last week, we are starting to see the signs that the Knicks will be competitive and can improve a lot on the 17-win team that we saw a season ago. I'm not saying they're going to work any miracles. I'm not saying they're going to be anywhere near, anywhere within a 500-foot pole of the NBA playoffs, but I'm just saying we are starting to see the development. It's starting to, We're starting to see the signs that this can come together. What a, what a start to the season. For Marcus Morris specifically, he's been big for the Knicks, leading scorer on the team. Julius Randle is still, uh, it's a bit concerning with the three and a half turnovers 
per game through 15 games. That's concerning. The point, the points per game is a little low for me as well. 16 and a half is low in my opinion, but nine and a half rebounds per game. The, the thing that nobody mentions, almost four assists per game and a steal per game as well. The, he's doing his part. Now the turnovers and the poor shot selection and the dribbling into traffic and, and getting stuck on the post, not looking to, to get teammates involved. I'm with you. That, that, that stuff that has to improve, that stuff that has to get better. And he's not the only one, but I love RJ Barrett is putting up great numbers at the start of his Nick career. We're starting to see better stuff from Mitchell Robinson. Kevin Knox has has been a bright spot. Hasn't started any games yet, but 21 minutes off the bench, he's averaging almost nine points per game, three rebounds per game. He's showing the signs. I, I, I've really liked what I've seen so far this season from Kevin Knox. And listen, I'll even be the one to tell you, Frank Nilakina's stats are misleading because he has not gotten as much time. But if he keeps getting the time that he's getting right now and is putting up similar numbers that we've seen over the last couple of games and he and he and he makes he becomes that consistent guard the Knicks need with Alfred Payton out Dennis Smith being in and out of the lineup with the personal issues and when he's been in the lineup he has not been very good we have something here the Knicks have something here that's a big deal and and we're starting to see it we're starting to see it folks a two and two week is nothing to scuff at that's a big deal in this next season. Could have been a 4 0 week. Could have been easily a 4 0 week. That shows you the signs where the could have easily been a 3 1 week. Even easier. Could have been a 3 1 week. But the Knicks will settle for 2 2. Listen, there's no getting around that the schedule is going to get tougher. This was a stretch where the Knicks needed to win some games because it's going to get a lot tougher from here on out. This was the podcast. I said at the beginning of the season, the Knicks better have some wins under their belt or they're going to be in some big trouble because the next couple of games are really, really tough games. Really tough. San Antonio next, after the podcast goes out on Saturday, podcast goes out on a Friday every week, you'll hear that and then you'll go into the game on Saturday looking for some more of what we've been seeing the last week or so. Then Brooklyn at home, that's a big game. That's a big game. Brooklyn has not been playing well, folks. They've not been playing well. It's remarkable. It's remarkable. The Knicks are still within... Uh, they're right there from the Nets. I think the Nets are, what, 6-8 and eight right now as, as the podcast is being recorded? That is yikes. Not very good. So it's one of those things where the Knicks have a chance there to get some respect on their names. Then it's Toronto on the road, Philly and Boston at home, Milwaukee on the road, Denver, Indiana at home, and then four in a row on the West Coast, Portland, Golden State, who's beatable, Sacramento, who's beatable, and then a very, very, very good Denver team. By the way, Carmelo is now a Portland Trailblazer. That game becomes interesting now because Carmelo will likely play against the Knicks. So we'll see how that works out. By the way, Carmelo did not look good. (laughs) Oh man, he did not look good his first game back with Portland. I don't know if you guys got a chance to see that. I'm sure you did. Knicks fans, I'm sure at least kept one eye on that the other night. He did not look good. What was Portland thinking? Holy smokes. Yes, Carmelo's good for a couple of buckets, but my God, he does nothing else on the floor. 
it's even worse than 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 with the Rockets. Oh my God, good luck with that, Portland. They Carmelo ain't helping you at all until maybe he makes a shot or two in the postseason. Maybe if even if you even like him at that point on your route. Terry Stotts coming out and saying, "Yeah, he looked good." Jeez, oh, but me. <laughs> Must just be defending Mello. He looked. He did not look good. Oh my gosh! Yikes. Anyway, again for the for those Knicks fans that thought, hey, Mello back would be nice, or Nets fans, hey, let's add Mello. This would be great. Yeah. Okay. You're starting to see why already. Why? Maybe not the best idea. You know what is a good idea? At least right now. And I got to tell you, the jury's still out. But Frank Nilakina, Frank Nilakina, I mentioned it earlier. What a job. He's done over the last couple of games. Coach Fisdale has given him the onus to go out there. It's his team. Go out there, play your best, show us what you got. They picked up the option. He's, he's, he's got some security, and who knows, maybe that's the key. But again, you know, the, the one caveat, and we're starting to see it. I, that's, that's, what I, that's what I said earlier. We're starting to see it, which is why I'm getting excited, because I wanted to see this. I wanted to see this. And this is the simple thing. Can Frank Nilakina go on a month and just own the month for the Knicks? Be that guy for a month. If he does that, and we're talking Christmas Day while we're opening up presents watching the other games, because finally, for once, we can enjoy our Christmas. The Knicks are not playing on Christmas this year. They're playing on Boxing Day, the day after Christmas, which will be nice. Kind of a relaxing Christmas Day, and then we buckle up for a game in Brooklyn against the Nets on Boxing Day. I, I want to be talking on, on Christmas Day and considering buying a Frank Nilakina jersey. That's where I'm at right now. That's where I want Knicks fans to be at when we're Christmas Day and, and, and we're opening up our gifts, that we are happy and satisfied that, that the Knicks stuck by Frank Nilakina. And here we are. He's starting to show the signs. And I told you at the time, you know, I, I get every once in a while, I get somebody that's like, you were putting down Frank Nilakina. I said, I was, I was. But you'd always, you always forget what I said at the end. I'm rooting for this kid. I want him to be the guy. I don't want another Nick top 10 pick to flounder out of the, uh, out of Manhattan. I don't. He's starting to become a man before our eyes. And if this continues, the Knicks are going to look pretty damn good for picking up that option. And they're going to look pretty... Dar- David Fisdale is going to look pretty darn good for playing this guy. And and then the other thing, the, the ridiculous thing that I'll also hear is, well, Frank should have been starting sooner. If Alfred Payton is, is healthy right now, I'm not sure if Nilakina is still playing this many minutes. Obviously, Dennis Smith Jr. had the issue with his family. Nothing that the Knicks can control. And it's a sad situation. Because clearly, it, it's affected... It's obviously affected him, him mentally. And it's tough. It's tough. You don't you don't know how people are going to react to those kind of situations. And we've we've really had a rough start to the season with with Dennis Smith Jr. But it's it's not all about his basketball play, and that's obvious. That's obvious for for those putting it all on that. You gotta you gotta give them the benefit of the doubt. How how would anybody be coming off something as terrible as that in your work? It's obviously going to be on your mind. Come on. Come on, guys. You can't you can't be that nasty about something like that. It, it's not right. It's not right. So give Dennis Smith his time. He's not played well, 
but there's a lot on on that kid's mind right now. Give him some time to get back to where we expect him to be, and then we'll and then judge him from there. Judge him from there when he's had some time to put this behind him. It's going to take him longer sometimes than other people. It, that's how it works sometimes. Give him some time to put it behind him, and we'll see what happens going forward. But for right now, you don't need to worry about that because Frank Nilakina is playing the best basketball of his Nick career, and he couldn't have picked a better time. Could not have picked a better time to start playing like the guy that we thought the Knicks might have at some point on this team. And it's starting to make his time with, with France look a lot better. And it's and really, I I David Fisdale gave this kid some confidence. He did. He said in the media that Frank's gonna play a lot of minutes. And this was why this is why everyone was bashing him for not starting him. He still kept playing him. And here he's starting, he's starting to get some of that reward for playing him and this is why david fisdale should be the head coach you can rip his x's and o's all you want the guys like him they trust him in their development as players and his men and he is setting the boundaries and he is setting the foundation for the culture of this team going forward hopefully for the next five ten years whether he's the coach that long probably not the case doesn't matter it's about setting the foundation for these young guys, helping with the veteran guys to, to establish that. And we're starting to see it pay off in the most important way, and that's the win column. The Knicks, by the way, have now beaten Dallas twice. I, I mean, thank you very much for that. If we had to only have, if we had to be 4-11 at this, at this point, I'm glad Dallas and KP are two of those wins. Let me tell you right now. We'll love to Brooklyn win. We'll love to Philly win mixed in there as well. And not, you know, don't get too crazy. The other two wins are against Cleveland and Chicago, teams the Knicks should be beating. But I will take two against KP and the Dallas Mavericks. Thank you very much. By the way, I don't know. I gotta take a look just to just to bookend that I don't know if they play each other again this season. Do the Knicks play the Mavs again? Oh my gosh, if they don't, that would just be that would be the icing on the cake. Let me just quickly cuz this will be worth it. Let me give me 2 seconds here. Oh, <laughs> that's it folks. That's it. The Knicks are going to be 2 and 0 for the season against KP and the Dallas Mavericks. Don't need to worry about him anymore. How nice is that? That is that is just put some cherries on top of my Sunday. Thank you very much. <laughs> enjoy that one, Knicks fans. Please, please enjoy that. That is a nice little nugget to have already from this season. You only get to see KP twice, and you beat them both times in 2019, 2020. Thank you very much, KP. Enjoy Dallas. <laughs> oh, man. Loving, loving that. Okay. Let me come down from that for a second. Oh, my gosh. that That's a nice little nugget to have. We don't get a lot as Knicks fans. That's a nice little nugget to have that the Knicks are going to be unbeaten against KP this season with the team we have. That's pretty nice. That's a nice little a nice little nugget, a nice little bragging right to have over the Dallas Mavericks. And the fact that one of those was in Dallas is pretty remarkable as well. And again, this is the time where those kind of wins can springboard a nice run that the Knicks are on. Now, again, the games get tougher. 
It's San Antonio and, and Brooklyn next, both at home. To be honest, both winnable games. San Antonio's no world beater. They're, they're a borderline playoff team in the West. That's, that's a lot better than borderline playoff teams in the East. I'll give you that. But the Knicks held their own in San Antonio on opening night. They held their own against Brooklyn in the second game of the season in Barclays. Why not? Why not go on a little run here? Again, the games get tougher, but if the Knicks keep getting better, we might start seeing some more W's on the on the schedule here. It's a nice run to test the Knicks, but if they start winning some of these games during this stretch and the development with this team continues, Knicks fans are, you know, myself and other Knicks fans like you guys are going to be feeling a whole lot better about this team during the holidays. It's It's the... It's it's the nice thing that can come out of this. You know, there's games on this. There's a, there's a few. Every once in a while, there's a game where you're like, you know, the Knicks should win that game. But most of these games, the Knicks will be underdogs, and they'll have a chance to prove something, like they did against Dallas. That, yeah, we can beat some of the better teams in the West that are supposed to be playoff contenders. I'm putting air quotes up when I say that. But it's one of those things where this is a nice, challenging stretch, but the Knicks are starting to show that, hey, we, we can stand up to the challenge. And that's, that's, a, that's, that's not something I could have said to, a week or two ago when the Knicks were losing four in a row and losing to Sacramento by 20 and losing to Detroit by 20 and losing to Orlando by 12 and barely scoring 85 points. It has started to turn for the Knicks in a positive direction and all we can hope is that it goes up from here. More on what's coming up for the Knicks, more on who's been good so far for the Knicks as well. More positive talk about the Knicks when we come back on the Shock Jock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Wasn't quite sure uh, where to go for the second part of the show. There's a lot that we can talk about because um, it was a really nice week for the Knicks. And there's a, there's a ton of places that I could go here. Um, I touched a little bit on on the tough loss to, to Charlotte. I'm not going to go too deep, too much deeper into that. We went into a little bit to the Philly game. The fourth quarter really was the difference in that game. And listen, Philly Philly's a top two team in the East. We all know this, and the fact that the Knicks had a chance to win that game in Philly shows you how nice of a week it's been, and shows you the progress that this Knicks team has had. And it's why it's why Knicks fans should be more optimistic. It really is a, a little bit more optimistic about where your team is at because any other you know before the season we would have thought the Knicks would lose by 20 in this game and the Knicks go there and they have a chance to win the game in the fourth quarter and they let it get away you know that that's been one thing that has been lacking with the Knicks team not a ton of good closers on the team but Marcus Morris has shown it a little bit at times but other than that you know there's really no guy on this team that you're expecting to make a big shot at the end of the game there really isn't and Marcus Morris on any other team is not that guy either. Let's be honest. On, on any good team and any playoff team, Marcus Morris is not that guy. He's not your last second shot guy. But he made a big shot. The Knicks beat Dallas, and I couldn't have been happier. I'm sure you guys couldn't have been happier either. So it was nice to see that. It was nice to see the Knicks really on, on, on times defensively starting to, to, to click more consistently on the defensive end in a number of these games where you're seeing them hold teams to 21 points 
in a quarter like they did with Philly. Or holding a team to 20 points twice in a quarter like they did with the Cavs. They're starting to click there. Holding holding Dallas to 16 points in the fourth. You know, clamping down on some of their better guys. Now listen, you know, Luka Doncic goes off for 33 points. Guy couldn't miss at the Garden. Knicks still pull out the win. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. That that's something that has got to continue, because that's that's what we're that's what that's what we're hoping for. That's what the progress was that we were looking for this season to see with this squad. And listen, it doesn't matter in my opinion that KP had a decent game, twenty points, eleven rebounds, three blocks. Doesn't matter. Knicks won the game. KP could have scored fifty if the Knicks won. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? You you held the role players in check. That was the big key to this game against Dallas earlier in the week. KP had 20. Yeah, fine. Doncic had 33. Yeah, he went off. He had that crazy shot from the corner where he gets fouled on the way going up and threw up a circus shot and, and banked it. Or actually, didn't bank it. He, he swished it in. Yeah, you know, tough shot. You tip your cap. Luka Doncic is, is likely a generational player. But Tim Hardaway only had 12 points, 4 of 10 from the field. Marjanovic only had 10 points. Dwight Powell, 12 points. Dorian Finney-Smith had 7. Seth Curry, who's been a better role player in the NBA the last season. Guy was in the Western Conference Finals making big shots and putting up big performances with Portland. Guy only plays 23 minutes. He's a starter. Had 2 points. Though that's the difference. That's the difference. And listen, Jalen Brunson, a guy that I think could be a nice up-and-coming player for this Dallas team, 15 minutes off the bench, guy only made one bucket. That's where the Knicks can make a difference. Yeah, you know, sometimes stars are going to have their night. It's the NBA. It happens all the time. It's what you can do with some of the role players every once in a while. They give you a chance to win. Those are the moments where you give yourself an opportunity to make progress. And listen, for the Sixers, that was the difference. You know, Joel Embiid didn't exactly have one of his best games. He'd have a, he had a great game, but, you know, 23 points. Not, not, not overwhelming. Ben Simmons had 18 points and 13 assists. He, he was off the charts. Seven rebounds. Tobias Harris, honestly, kept in check. 14 points on 13 shots. That's what you're looking for. Mike Scott had 12 points. Ennis had 11 off the bench. Trey Burke, former Nick, had 9 points. So again, balanced scoring from the Sixers, but you keep yourself in the game. There wasn't that third guy that had a monster game, and the Sixers can have that. Tobias Harris is a 25-point scorer on a lot of nights. Even on this team, he can go off for a big night. The Knicks held him in check for 32 minutes while he was on the floor. He really didn't make that big of an impact as far as the whole game. And you look at the stat sheet. You know, he had his moments. He had some shots. But the Knicks stayed in the game because he didn't score 25 points. He didn't score 20 points. The Knicks gave themselves a chance going into that fourth quarter to win a valuable road game in division. 
Those are, these are the little things. And that's the thing with this team. The culture and the plan with this team was always do those little things. Give yourself the best chance to win. And, and the Knicks are starting to do that. They really are. And I love that this is quickly turned away from whether or not Fisdale should be fired, at least for now. We know how it is in professional sports, in the NBA specifically, how quickly it can turn back. I get that. The Knicks could lose six games in the next, you know, what, week or two, and we could be back in this conversation. Or the Knicks could use this as a nice springboard to win some games. And now we're really saying, hey, the plan is starting to work. The plan is starting to work. And it's showing up in the win column. Because that's the bottom line with this Knicks team. I've been saying it all season. The only reason we deviated away is because the Knicks brass said, said, had that ridiculous press conference pressuring Fisdale before Fisdale even had a chance to speak to the media after the 18-point loss in Chicago. But the other side of the coin, if you want to go devil's advocate, look what they've done since. Look how they've responded. We'll see if that continues. And I'm not giving, you know, I don't give the front office too much crap because I think they could have done that internally. But maybe they thought, hey, if we did this publicly, we get a different effect. It becomes better. Maybe we'll get a response. If that was the case, I wouldn't give the Knicks that much credit. I wouldn't go that far. But if that's the case, it's working. It's working. The Knicks are playing a lot better. They're playing, they're probably their best basketball by far this season in the last week. And I think it, I think it could get better. And I, I think that could lead to a nice stretch coming up. Now, listen, I, I said it earlier. This was a make or break stretch for the Knicks. I think I put a number on it. I wish I remembered what the number was. But from Sacramento to this podcast, I was hoping for five wins. The Knicks got three. Came so close to getting there, though. Five, six, potentially, during this stretch. It could have been five or six wins. However, you know, they had a couple of stumbles. The game in Chicago, obviously, was was the turning point. And the Knicks have started to get a lot better over the last week. They really have. And we're starting to see the signs. I'm excited. Maybe I shouldn't be. I'm excited. I'm excited with what I've been watching as a Knicks fan this season. By far the most excited this season I've been watching the Knicks. It, it, I really have been. I really have been. And I get it. There, there were things that, that could have made the difference in the Philly game. I get it. The fourth quarter wasn't good defensively. It wasn't. The Knicks played strong three quarters of defense. And it's not the first time. The fourth quarter, they, they, let, it, they let it ride. They, they did not... They did not have the same intensity I felt at times in the fourth quarter on the defensive end. You know, the game against Charlotte didn't make the didn't make enough plays down the stretch. Silly plays, bad plays out of timeouts, not getting good shots, rushing through the offense. I get it. But you know what cures that? Getting some wins while making those mistakes. And that's what the Knicks are doing. That's what they're starting to prove. A resounding win against the Cavs after a heartbreaker against Charlotte. And listen, I had I had a bit of a, a feeling after you know the Knicks beat Dallas. I'm like, hey, if we can go three for three in this homestand, that's a big that's a big marker to put down. The Knicks lose a heartbreaker to Charlotte, a game they should have won. Now I'm thinking, oh, we're probably gonna lose the next game. Cleveland beat us last week. 
No, the Knicks, the Knicks responded. They came out and they took it to Cleveland. They really did. And they took that confidence from winning by 18 over a team they should beat. And they went to Philly. And they played with all the chips down. They played like they had nothing to lose. And almost beat arguably the best team in the Eastern Conference. That's what we're looking to see. That's the Nick team that we signed up for under the plan that Mills and Perry have put out there with David Fisdale as the head coach. And if we get more of that, you're going to be hearing a lot happier things from me. You're going to be a lot happier as a Nick fan. And all of a sudden, things are going to start turning differently. And the plan can move on to a next stage, which is winning streaks which is big performances from unlikely sources, which is getting ahead of a couple of teams maybe in the standings. And then, who knows? Because that's where this Nick team could go. You never know in the NBA. And for right now, this is a bright spot for the Knicks. This is the best stretch of basketball they've played all season. And yeah, 4-11's 4-11. It's not good. Worst record, I believe, in the Eastern Conference, if uh, memory serves. I'd have to check the uh, standings again. But I believe it is the worst record in the NBA as it stands right now. So yeah, it's not great. But we're starting to see that it could get a lot better. And pardon me, there actually is one team with a worse record, and believe it or not, it's the Golden State Warriors who are playing without Curry and Thompson and relying on Draymond Green and a bunch of scrubs. And I think D'Angelo Russell might be getting some playing time as well. So, listen, don't worry about that. Worry about what you're seeing on the court. And remember, it's still early. The Knicks, again, don't worry about playoffs. Don't worry about, worry about the results. Worry about what you're seeing on the court. And we're starting to see it turn around a little bit for the Knicks. And for me, the one big sign, in my opinion, when you look at the stats, and not just the eye test and, and the results, getting the Knicks to above 500, an above 500 record at home it would be a huge step for this team. A huge step. They're 3-4 and four right now at home. The next game... The next two games, San Antonio and Brooklyn, it'd be a miracle if they won them both. But if they did, they'd be above 500. And that would be a heck of a step to take for the New York Knicks. That would be a nice marker to lay down that they can get back to above 500 at home. You know, rode their 1-7. Didn't expect too much there. But if the Knicks can start playing, and, and really at the Garden, they can start laying down a marker at the Garden and saying, hey, not only is it going to be tough to play, but you're not coming out of here with a W like it used to be. That's when the pride really comes back at the guard. I mean, the crowd at the Garden for the Dallas game was just off the charts. And that was a November 14th game. It was, oh, it was a playoff atmosphere. The fan, You guys that went, you were phenomenal. That's why we're the best fans in the league. Nobody can do that kind of atmosphere that early in the season, except for the Knicks. Everybody knows it. When the Knicks are good, it's good for basketball, and the Mecca is just rocking. 
God, you, I'm sure if, I'm sure you couldn't hear yourself think when Marcus Morris drilled that three to stick a fork in the Mavs. Those are the kind of moments we're yearning for as Nick fans. And if we can just get a couple of those a week, now we're talking. Now we are talking. I'm, that's probably going to be the name of this show when I put it up on iTunes and and posting it. To, now we're talking. Now we're talking. Because this is what the Knicks should be this season and more improved like this going forward. What we've seen over the last week is what we were hoping for for the Knicks. And if we if we start to get this over an extended stretch, there's no telling what this Knicks team can do this season. Because let's be honest, you look around the rest of the NBA right now. Brooklyn is nothing special at 6-8. and eight. Nothing special at all. They really aren't. Chicago's only a game up on the Knicks. They're in the 10 spot right now. The Cavs are terrible. God, I'm shocked how bad the Pistons have been. They've been garbage so far this season. Charlotte's terrible too, by the way. They're not very good. Knicks start beating some of these teams. It's a different, it's a different look. It really is. It really is. It's going to look a lot different. Now, again, it's early in the season. These teams are close right now. It's only a 15-game sample for most teams, if not a 14-game sample for most of these teams. Keep that in mind. But there's no reason why the Knicks can't continue this, in my opinion, and maybe make a little bit of a run. Keep playing the way you're playing. It's going gonna, it's gonna to lead to good results. This is the kind of Nick team we were hoping for, we were praying for. And if the signs continue like they're going, it's only going to get better. So th- this is what we're hoping for. This is what we're looking for. Keep that in mind. All right, a little bit of house cleaning, uh, housekeeping, housekeeping, before we before I get out of here for the week. All right, the next show is going to be the day after Thanksgiving. It's going to go up. So for me, keep this in mind. I'm going to be away for just about all of that Thanksgiving Day weekend. So my plan is to record the show a day or two, maybe two days before Thanksgiving. Because normally I try to record it either the morning the show goes out or the day before. That's normally how my recording schedule works here. My plan is to record the game on Wednesday, which is the day of the Toronto game on the road. So by the time the show goes out, I'll be probably previewing the game on Friday when the show goes out, the Sixers game, and then the early slate in December and diving into more about how the Knicks have been playing over the last week. Well, there'll be two games in the week between this show and the next show. So San Antonio and Brooklyn. So we will see how that works out. That's the plan because I, I will be away. If I don't do the show on that, if I don't record the show on the Wednesday, uh, I won't have time to on the Thursday because I'll be away for the holidays like I'm sure many of you are. Uh, so I'll, I'll save all my holiday wishes for that show. But but it's going to be, a little, that, that's basically the only one. It's going to be a little bit earlier than normal in the week for next week's show. So 
Keep that in mind for next week's show. If you want any, this is what I, this is what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping to get a questions post up this week, so you guys can give me some of your holiday questions, some of your Knicks questions, whatever you want. Rapid fire, ask SSJ anything you want to ask. We're gonna throw up another mailbag hopefully this week. You guys can get your questions out, and that that's gonna what we're gonna to try to do a little Thanksgiving Day show, uh, going into your Turkey Day. Uh, going into some more basketball, your football, whatever you're going to be doing over the Thanksgiving, or, or like me, your college basketball, uh, going into the Thanksgiving Day weekend holiday. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, if you're listening to it now, hey, postingatoasting.com, send me your questions, or at SJ7, send me your questions for next week's show. If you're listening right now, hey, 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 send in those questions. I want to hear from you. It doesn't matter what it's about, Turkey Day, personal life questions, the Knicks, any sports, whatever you want to do. Uh, it doesn't matter. I don't matter. You know, it's a Knicks show, but you can ask me whatever you want. Uh, keep it PG. There was, there was a, a do kill Mary ones last time. I'd like to stay away from that if we can, uh, cause I'm not going to answer them. Uh, I might read them and have a laugh, but I'm not going to answer the questions. So send me some good ones and I will see you guys next time on the shock shock Knicks podcast on the posting and toasting podcast network. Go Knicks.